I feel like something bad is going to happen to me. I feel like something bad has happened. It just hasn't reached me yet. But it's on its way. Pretty ominous, right? That's how this movie started off, guys. We're talking about Lake Mungo today from 2008. And uh, only doing a couple beers today. Like I said, we're doing some uh, you know, hardcore baby watching right now because I got to stay, stay good. But we're still going to have some fun stuff. So again, without further ado, here we go. Thanks, Jack. Welcome back to Little House of Horrors podcast. I am John, your host as always. Uh, just want to take a minute to thank everybody for the continued support. Uh, we're getting some cool statistics in here. Uh, we're in <laughs> we're in like five different countries now, right? That's crazy. This tiny little dumb project that I had in my, you know, our office that we have, and you know, just drinking beer and talking about things I love to watch and and stuff. And you know, we're in Canada, we're in the Philippines, we're in you know the United States, India. Like this is crazy. So thank you guys for spreading the word and all that stuff, and and you know, keep giving me a reason to do this. Um, yeah. So beers we're doing today, we're doing halfway from Hitchhiker, right out of Pittsburgh. You guys already know about them, I'm sure, from past episodes. Uh, it's a three point. Uh, 3.83, sorry about that, on untapped. It's sitting at 4.8%. I believe it's all Citra too. So that's like pretty much a home run because that's my favorite hops. And hard not to like that hops, honestly. Uh, next beer we're going to do this a little heavier, but uh, don't worry. Probably not going to finish it all just in case I have to dart. Uh, we're doing Bourbon Barrel Quad. Yes, it's a it's a Belgian style uh, from Boulevard out of Kansas City. Um, this is pretty readily available throughout the country. Uh, it's a 4.03 on untapped and it's in a 12.2%. So that's a little heavier for sure. But uh, like I said, we're only doing two. Don't even know if I'll finish both of the beers. I would like to, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> so uh, the movie we're talking about, this is a little bit of a hidden gem. This is called uh, Lake Mungo. And it's a it's a really unique, uh, uniquely shot movie. And I think maybe that's why it gets a little buzz, a little more buzz than you, know, you would think. Um, people start diving into the found footage you know, genre, you know, subgenre, I guess, of horror. Uh, this one I've been seeing coming up as a recommendation. And this is a real love it or hate it from what I, but it's more love it. Um, and I'm not really sure how I felt about it, but you know, this isn't going to be a long episode today. Um, it was kind of a short movie and um, yeah, it's a little bit of a roller coaster ride here. So anyway, uh, it's came out in 2008, sitting at 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. So right there, yeah, that's got to catch your attention, right? And then you know, 81% from Google users and 6.3 on IMDb. So it's a pretty, you know, highly thought of movie. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. So you guys have seen like these, you know, think of like making a murderer or, you know, some of these other documentary style, um, interview, uh, true crime, you know, documentaries, I guess, um, that are on Netflix or Hulu or whatever it is. They shot this movie exactly like one of those. Uh, so much to the point my, my my wife walked by and said, is this a true story? I said, I don't think so. I think there's just, they did a really good job at setting it up. They, you know, the police calls and all this stuff and the search team, like the way they set it up. I mean, I, I know I just said that, but you know, it's, it's really unique and it, they, they, they did a really good job. So I got to give credit where it's due. Um, yeah, so we're going to jump in here, give you a little uh, review on the beer. It's good. It's great. You know, love everything Hitchhiker does. And anytime you get all Citra and an IPA, man, it's it's a home run for me. So uh, won't take too long to get into the next one. 
if I can find my damn opener. There it is. Uh, you would think by episode 20, what? <laughs> by episode 20 that I'd have this shit figured out by now. But, uh, you know, we're always learning. Um, I just realized now that I have a hard time reading my goddamn notes. So I made the font bigger. <laughs> So, so I can, uh, you know, have an easier time reading and I don't get lost in the middle of reading stuff and, you know, forget my plays and do those, uh, uh, you know, in the middle. All right. Enough rambling. Four and a half minutes in. Let's go. Um, so it starts off with that, that ominous, you know, kind of warning from not warning, but statement from Alice, who is the, the girl, the victim in this. And, uh, they show a lot of like old timey black and white photos of, of, you would presume family members uh, while she's saying this, and then they kind of drop you right in. It's a 911 call of a woman screaming and freaking out, you know, saying that there's a girl missing, they can't find her. Oh, well, you put two and two together, it's Alice, it's this girl. And immediately it jumps to, you know, what, it, you know, news footage of this would be like, like the, the live on scene stuff where it's kind of, you know, the camera works a little shaky and all this stuff. And, um, you know, they have the divers going out and it's, it, I mean, it looks just like, like a real documentary. They, they, they pulled no punches. I don't know if they hired somebody that, that does these shots in particular or has done a lot of them, but it doesn't look like you're watching a movie. It just doesn't. It looks like a, like some kind of Netflix special or HBO, you know, something like that, but it's not, it's a movie. Crazy. Um, I don't know why I'm so fixated on that. I just think that, uh, I don't know. I think it's really cool. It's, it's definitely different. So you know, they have the authorities looking around and, uh, they can't find her. You know, they just assume that she, you know, is dead and they start, you know, they jump to the interviews with the family members and close friends and everything. And they all kind of tell their points of view saying that, you know, she was in the water one second and she was gone the next and nobody has any idea what happened to her. So a little bit of a mystery right off the bat. Right. And, um, the friends and family, they keep saying something. It, it, it feels, again, okay, it feels very realistic. They start talking about what it's like and you know, to lose somebody close to you. You know, and if you've ever gone through something like that, like it sucks. It fucking sucks. But in, you know, for a second there and even days after, months after, whatever it is, it doesn't feel real. You know, you still feel like you can call that person. You can still, you know, it's so hard to fathom that somebody that's a big part of your life is no longer there. And and they they do a good job at like, you know, kind of portraying what it's like to, to feel lost like that. Um, you know, the dad, the mom, you know, the brother, all of them, um, some of her friends and stuff come forward and talk about it also. So it, it it's, it's, it, you know, tongues on the heartstrings because you feel like they're like an actual family that, that went through this. Uh, it doesn't feel like actors. It doesn't feel like you're watching, you know, that they broke through that wall, you know, uh, maybe that's why it's so highly rated, uh, because they are able to pull on those strings a little bit. So 10 days after, uh, maybe it wasn't 10 days. Hold on. I'm an idiot. 10 days. Okay. See, I even enlarged the font and I'm still fucking up. <laughs> um, they do find the body and, uh, they call the dad down to identify and it's his daughter. She's, uh, she's dead. They pulled her out of the, out of the lake and they, they couldn't really tell, um, you know, what the cause of death was. I think they just said it was like exposure or drowning or something along those lines. And, you know, so they have the funeral, they have the wake and the family, you know, you're, you're kind of just, you know, along for the ride because you have no idea where this movie's going. And I'm actually talking myself into liking it more than I originally did. Now that I think about it, you don't really know where this movie's going. 
You just don't. And I, you know, I didn't watch any previews or anything like that. I just jumped on it because I see it recommended all the time. They start talking about a couple days after the funeral that uh, things are happening around the house. And, um, you know, when you're dealing with loss and everything, you find yourself doing some weird stuff, you know, just things out of the ordinary, you know, to maybe fill that void, whatever you're trying to do. And the dad finds himself going into, you know, his daughter's room and just, you know, sitting there and just kind of soaking it in and just, you know, missing her and all that stuff. And while he's sitting there, he, he tells the the reporter, the interviewer, um, that he sees her walk in and just go and stand over near her bed or her like makeup dresser thingy. And he like turns to look at her cause he's in disbelief. The whole family doesn't want to believe that she's actually dead, you know, and you never do, you know, you never want to actually believe that that actually, you know, that happened. Um, and again, they portray this very well. So he's sitting there in the chair and, uh, he says, you know, I don't know what I did if I, if I creaked the chair or if I bumped the table or whatever, but it, it got her attention and she seized up and that's when I knew that she knew I was there. So initially, you know, she doesn't know, turns around and starts screaming, get out, get out, get out. And and he does. Uh, he said it's, it, it was very traumatizing. It's very hard, uh, you know, for him to kind of accept. Jump onto the brother now, uh, Matthew, who was out in the water with Alice when she passed away or drowned or disappeared, whatever happened. And he becomes a little reclusive and he takes up uh, photography as a hobby. And he starts just taking pictures of, you know, the, you know, the, the, the lake that she was at and uh, just like their backyard, just doing like a fun little art project. Well, wouldn't you know, one of the pictures, Alice is in it. And he'd taken numerous pictures of that backyard, same, you know, different times of the year. I guess he was just trying to do like a little time, time hop thingy, you know, kind of document how the seasons change or whatever. Uh, and he just happened to, you know, get a picture of his sister. And while he's filming over by the lake, there's another sighting of his sister, Alice. And he brings this to the attention of his parents. And his mother is 100% convinced that she's not dead. She's still out there. And, you know, the dad eventually begins talking himself into believing that maybe, you know, maybe he was too quick to judge that that was his daughter, you know, and... So they make the decision to dig up the body <laughs> just to get a DNA test to, you know, put this theory to rest. And, you know, uh, they dig it up. It is definitely her. Um, and that's it. So, you know, so far, you know, you, you're kind of wondering where this is going. Is this going to turn into like a paranormal activity kind of thing? And it kind of does. Um, there's some scenes there where they're, you know, after this, you know, the brother starts setting up cameras around the house overnight because they keep hearing things knocking on the walls or, you know, things scurrying about things, doors opening and whatnot. And, uh, you know, they're in, they're in Australia and I guess, you know, people down there are, are a little different. They handle things differently than we do up here. Uh, some people are very religious. Some people aren't, um, this family in particular did not believe in ghosts. Uh, I don't believe. And so they almost got me is what I meant to say. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm filming, filming, sorry, filming, recording during the day here, uh, at home. My wife's in the, in the bedroom with the dogs 
and I heard the Yorkie, <laughs> our favorite Yorkie, Louie, um, or as he's known in this household, Lucifer, uh, start barking. And so I hit pause very quickly so it wouldn't come across and I can get the situation dealt with. Okay. Anyway, so, you know, they're hearing all these crazy things uh, throughout the house and it prompts Matthew to start setting up a camera and, and filming things overnight. And wouldn't you know, it, it didn't take very long for him to come across some actual, you know, paranormal activity uh, where they're doing these static shots of just like a hallway, you know, and it feels very similar. And they were actually pretty close in, in, in time of uh, release. If, if, uh, if I recall, I think paranormal activity was 2007 uh, and this is 2008. So, you know, that phenomenon was like starting to come on a little stronger. Thanks to the Blair Witch and all that. Um, but you can see a figure move from, you know, one room to the other and they kind of pause it and it's blurry and it's hard to see, but it's enough to get the imagination going that that's probably, you know, the ghost of Alice or maybe it is Alice. So the family, you know, sees this and they decide to maybe reach out to like a, like a medium, like a psychic. And, you know, he comes in and, uh, starts talking, you know, to the mom and everything. And he, he does like a hypnotherapy thing, um, puts him under, you know, I need you to picture yourself outside of your house. I'll go inside of your house. Once you're the, you know, once you can see it and go do this and, you know, what do you see? Who, who's there? What's going on? And, uh, the mother reports that, you know, he saw, she saw Alice uh, in her room and that, uh, she looks sad. So, you know, whatever's going on with this girl that she, she's carrying something here. Um, and you know, I guess you're just kind of along for the ride trying to figure out what exactly that is. So they hold, um, a seance because they're not happy with the results. So they want to get a little more, you know, maybe agitate the spirit a little more, try to get a, a more of a message through. And before I tell you what happened there, I'm going to jump into this bourbon barrel quad. So here we go. This opener would work. Oh, that wasn't great. Okay. Maybe it's not going to. I swear I've opened a bottle of beer before. Give me one minute here. Oh my God. All right. I have to go get my other bottle opener. I will be right back. Well, hopefully you guys didn't just hear all that. Anyway, I did re uh, <laughs> retrieve my, my bottle opener. So now we can try this beer. I just got a message from Zencaster saying failure to pause recording. So I guess we'll see if uh, the final cut here. Let's see what this Boulevard has to offer. Oh yeah. Oh, that's great, man. I'll tell you what, for, for shelfy barrel aid stuff, I think they're second to none. Um, there were obviously some bet. Well, okay. Bourbon County, but that's not fair. You can't compare, compare, <laughs> can't compare anybody to Bourbon County. And I swear one of these episodes, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to do a whole Bourbon County by myself. Uh, cause I love that beer. That's probably my favorite beer. Um, but you guys don't care about that. Anyway, this beer is delicious. A lot of heavy barrel, like, like heavy bourbon, not, not just the bourbon barrel where it's like the vanilla oaky kind of flavor. This is like, you've, put a little bourbon in your, your barrel aged quad. That's fantastic. Wow. Okay. Boulevard nails it again. Um, yeah, that's a good one. So where were we? I know where we were. They want to provoke the spirit a little more, try to get some more answers, try to find something else out about Alice and figure out what's going on. They hold a seance and they don't really get much, uh, in real time. 
you know, nothing's happening around the table while they're doing this. But again, Matthew films everything and you can see somebody in the other room. And it's Alice again. So what's going on here? You know, why are we, why are we seeing Alice? Is it really a ghost? You know, is it her? You know, what's, what's happening here? You can't really, you know, you can't put your finger on it. Then Matthew comes forward and said he actually faked the videos. Yeah, he faked the videos. It was like a mirror trick that he would have things running, um, like old, old family footage, you know, home videos and everything that I'm sure everybody has in some cassette tape or not cassette tape, VHS tape somewhere in, you know, an attic or a basement from your like third year, like, I don't know, school play or musical or whatever. Uh, and he just happened to do it with more recent ones. So he's, you know, playing these videos and he had the angles just right on these mirrors. Um, so indeed it is not Alice that you're seeing in all of these, but that doesn't explain everything because there's still a ghost in the house. There's a scene where it literally crosses the threshold of the doorway, uh, full body walking. It's not just sitting like a lot of these, these still shots. It, I mean, it's just the character you need. You just see like a head, you know, and, um, this one was a little different. So there is something going on. It, it's, it's both. It, this music, this word starts getting kind of confusing for me. Uh, and this is where kind of, kind of not lost interest, but it kind of sort of fallen off. Um, but I still bought in because I love the style of this movie that they did. And Matthew decides to join the psychic, the guy that's been helping them out with the everything. And while he's gone, uh, he doesn't do anything with the footage. He leaves the cameras running for, I think, two or three days straight while he's gone. I don't know how I had that much uh, camera work or camera storage or whatever, but whatever. <laughs> um, he's letting it run. And they come across, uh, there's a ghost in Alice's room, um, but it's not Alice this time. No, it's much worse. And now things take a little bit of a dark turn in this movie. It was their neighbor. Now, why would their neighbor be in there snooping around in Alice's room? Mind you, she's 16 in this movie. Well, their worst fears are about to be confirmed. Alice used to babysit for them. And turns out that uh, well, the guy was a little bit of a groomer and uh, had a thing for her and ends up making a sex tape film them having sex with an underage girl. Now, obviously in the film itself, it's not, you know, they don't show a whole lot. They show just enough for you to get the impression and everything. All right. So that's going to sound really weird for you guys because I was in mid sentence and then I stopped for the fucking pause button because of the dogs. I guys, trust me when I tell you, I really do try to give you the best product I can on here, but real life definitely gets in the way sometimes. And it's about to get more chaotic when the kid gets here. Oh my God. We live in the middle of not really the middle of nowhere, but we live in like a weird situation where there's like a county line that kind of goes through where I live. And so we can't, we, we're stuck with this awful internet, right? So, and I can't get anything better here. So I have to be in the house. I have a garage that I can go set up a studio in and all that stuff, but I have to be in the house because the signal does not reach. Okay. Rant over. Anyway, back to underage girls having sex with creepy old dudes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry. That's, that's not something to joke about. Um, so that's what happens. Um, 
her mom's going through Alice's like, uh, you know, secret, you know, I, I think we all had something like this when we were teenagers where you had like a box of, you know, things that were special to you that you didn't really want like a journal or something, you know, you didn't want getting out or just whatever it was, little things that mean something to you. I think I have like old concert tickets and like an, a football ticket and some autographs and stuff from when, you know, I was younger. I mean, I still have mine and giving my kid someday so he can throw it away. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so now that this has come to light and uh, they find out, they try to, you know, press some charges and everything, but I guess there's not enough evidence somehow uh, for for anything to stick. And uh, he, he gets he gets away with it. Um, the creepy old dude got to bang the underage girl and um, he got away with it. Now, the family talks about why, you know, well, why does she have the tape? Well, probably because she, you know, it gave her some, some sort of, I don't know, like security maybe, uh, or was she like blackmailing him or, you know, what was happening now? Is that neighbor suspected of foul play? Did he kill her? Did he have something to do with her disappearance? Probably not because of how everything ended up with, uh, you know, I mean, her and her brother were swimming in the lake and then she's gone the next minute. So something else happened. So shortly after, you know, all of this kind of gets talked about and addressed, uh, Alice, it is revealed from the psychic. Um, he's no longer working with the family because they're mad at him because due to his confidentiality agreement that he has as a doctor, uh, he could, he couldn't reveal that he actually had some, uh, meetings with Alice prior to her death. And the family was very upset. And that's kind of a gray area. I would think that if, you know, if your daughter's dead or you're, you know, somebody's dead and you want some answers, maybe, I don't know, maybe it would give you some closure, you know, if you knew that what they were battling or if you knew what was going on. So they go, th you know, the mom, after she finds the, uh, the video tape and all that stuff, she also goes through the journal and finds out that that she's been battling something some kind of you know not entity but maybe like a mental illness something she's just carrying something dark and she thinks that something's coming to get her and her next to last entry one of her next to last entries is uh her going on her school retreat to lake mungo which is the you know the name of the movie um i always do like when they put the name of the movie like in the movie you know what I mean? When they say it, I'm like, oh, there it is. They said it. <laughs> uh, so they start talking to the uh, to some of her friends. And this is early days of smartphones. I mean, they're not even really smartphones. It's it's It really does take you back to that time when you watch this movie, if you were, you know, a teenager or young adult, whatever. And the grainy footage, the pictures and all that stuff, that's it's exactly what this stuff looks like. Um, it looks like it was pulled from just, you know, as police evidence, you know, from people's phones to splice together, try to find out this, this story. And there's videos of, uh, Alice, you know, she's, she's kind of over by a tree burying something. And, you know, her friend can see that she's visibly upset and she's not feeling well and all that stuff. So the family, you know, goes out to try to find what was buried and maybe they can get some kind of closure or find out what, what she was dealing with or whatever it was. They come across her old phone and 
this was actually a super cool fucking scene, uh, scared the shit out of my wife. Uh, and I was in the middle of writing my goddamn, you know, notes down. So I didn't even get the, you know, get it to the full effect. Um, she's walking kind of by herself and, and I can't recall if you hear her crying or not, but, uh, she's, she's off by herself and there's a figure, you know, up ahead of her on this trail, you know, and it's getting closer. And then it, it gets within like view of the camera. So you can see a little more of the details on the face. And it's Alice. Alice is walking and filming on her phone and she walks into Alice. She walks into herself, her future self, because her face is a little, you know, beat up and all that stuff. And then, you know, there's a lunge at the camera. It's the same girl that got pulled from the dam. It's the same, you know, like wounds. Maybe not as graphic, but it's the same person. She recorded a ghost of her future self. And that's where the movie pretty much ends. The family goes back home. They say they feel some sort of, you know, some sense of peace, some sort of, you know, some sense of closure uh, in the house now. And, you know, now they decide to move and move on. And, um, the psychic has one last, you know, they make, make men's and everything's fine. You know, uh, they have one last sit down with the mother and it jumps into like a dual storyline of Alice talking about seeing her mother come into her room and feels like she can't see her. And Alice, or sorry, the mother walking in and seeing, you know, uh, Alice in the, hold on, what the fuck did I just say? <laughs> Sorry, I got sidetracked here. This is where it gets confusing. They, they kind of jump back and forth here and they're talking about seeing like, you know, they're both in the room together and like neither one of them know that the other one's there really, kind of. So yeah, it's, it's weird. It's weird. But anyway, that's, that's how it ends. The house is packed up. You're getting ready to leave. And uh, they take one last picture outside and you can see the ghost of, um, Alice in the window. So there's no kills of the week here. You know, this is a little different, uh, you know, like an indie horror, I guess. Um, I do really enjoy how they did the, you know, the found footage, like a take on the found footage where it's like documentary style. And they kind of did that a little bit with the fourth kind, except that was more, I guess they called it dramatization. This was legit, like a true crime documentary. Um, I don't know probably like a six and a half, seven for me. I might have to rewatch it again. Maybe, maybe there's something I missed here, but it feels like there's some loose ends and maybe I missed something that, you know, I, I would have enjoyed it more, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It wasn't the worst thing I've seen this year. Um, ultimately I guess it's up to you guys. So next week, uh, we're going to do the exorcism of Emily Rose. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the new sound effects last week. Uh, finally playing around with that stuff. I'm trying to find a good, um, a good cut of, you know, what, what her exorcism sounded like, um, without having to download. They actually released a movie on her, not, not the actual, they released like a documentary on her. I think it's called like the sounds of the devil or something like that. And, and it got such shitty ratings, but it's basically just video and recordings of, of her, uh, I think she went through like 67 exorcisms. Um, 
So we're going to, we're going to touch on that a little bit. Um, and we're doing some German beers with that because in honor of Annalise Michelle, uh, she was a German student. So why not drink some beer from Germany while we watch the movie based on her, you know, tragic end. That's about it. Um, yeah. So we're, we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you guys again for the continued support. Like I said, super fucking mind blowing that we're, dude, we're in the Philippines. Like we're in Canada. We're, you know, scattered around the United States now or in India. So, I mean, this thing's starting to like, starting to move. So again, thank you for, you know, if you give me five minutes of your time, if you, if you power through the whole half hour of me fucking up and trying to make a podcast, you know, I appreciate it. Uh, but until next week, um, who knows? I might be a dad by the time this, this is released. Cause I'm doing this two weeks in advance. Uh, so there's a real good chance. My son's already going to be here. So, uh, super pumped for all that. Um, yeah. All right. Well, until next week, guys, uh, like I said, exorcism of Emily Rose. There we go. Don't trip over my fucking words. <laughs> uh, be safe out there. And as always, cheers.